applause. Warm welcome. Okay. Okay, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, my name is Ryan, as uh, Peter said, and it's so good to be here. Um, man, we've been here for about a year, so we move every two to three years. We've been we've moved ten times since we when we came in the military in 2007. And um, a little bit about myself. Uh, this is my beautiful wife, Jeanette. I'm married to my best friend. Isn't she beautiful? Okay. Uh, we are not. We are not a part of Jay's youth group. Just to make, just to clarify. My son. We dropped him off here. Uh, he's starting to go to youth group here at Heritage on uh, once a week, on uh, Wednesdays. And we drove up. And we're like, why does everybody look the same age as us? Couldn't distinguish. But so what we, what we do for every two to three years as we move around is our number one priority before we get somewhere is where are we gonna do life with? Who are we gonna do life with and where are we gonna do church? And so for this one, it was different. I said, when we moved to San Clemente, cause we, we haven't been here in 10 years. So we just moved from Virginia and we said, let's go to 10 places. Let's go to 10 places before we settle down because I, I've, I fall in love with often the first, the first place right off the bat and sometimes Jeanette doesn't get a vote cause I say, I love this place. So we, 10 places. And I was in the field doing a service, and this was the 10th place that Jeanette went, and she came back home. She was bawling, and she, she said, this is the place. And, I, and I, just to look on her face, I said, okay, that's, that's home. Didn't even need to come out here. And we came out here, and there's no other place we'd rather be than right here serving alongside you. So, so you guys are family. And so, so good to be out here, outdoors, looking at this beautiful view and the safety of this place. Like, no one's going to shoot us today because we're worshiping Jesus. We're, I've been to other places in the world where you actually die if you, if you say you're getting together in the name of Jesus. So thank God for, for the guy. I'm, not, I'm a lover, not a fighter. These guys are the ones shooting and putting their lives at, at risk. And so if you saw my perspective, if you saw what I get to see every day, you would be, you'd be so proud of them. I'm sure you are, but you'd be so proud of the war fighters that, that some, some pay the ultimate price. For what we're able to do today. Okay, so without further ado, I get to preach. Now, getting up here and preaching is easy. This is so easy. It's going home and applying these things. That's totally hard. It's, it's eight o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to get my kids out the door to go to church where I'm struggling. It's leaving this place and going into the parking lot where, where the battle is real. And I think if we're going to be honest with ourselves, parents, you know, this is a family service, that if you ever had those mor- one of those mornings, like, the kids are fighting, and the breakfast isn't ready, and we're trying to get into the car, and things are going bad, and our pets' heads are falling off, right? You ever had one of those mornings? Well, if that's you, then I have some scripture for you that, that is so applicable, that's going to bless you, and it's going to be, it's, it's going to be relevant to anybody. We're talking about spiritual warfare. And we're talking about how to do battle together as a family. Because we weren't meant to do it alone. No man is an island. So with that, the first passage, I'm going to throw two passages as a springboard for our discussion. But the first one is Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. And in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, there is a man named the Apostle Paul who used to be this, like the world's worst murderer. And, and he got saved, Jesus I think he was riding a horse and Jesus kicked him off and he, he got saved and he writes this book to a bunch of believers 
in a place in the Middle East. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, this is my favorite passage in all of Scripture. It's my favorite passage in all of Scripture. It says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. That is my favorite passage because it tells me because it tells me that my, my struggle in life isn't against anything I can see. It's not against my neighbor who, who, who he might be loud, which I don't have loud neighbors, but it, it's not against my neighbor. It's not against my boss. It's not against my wife. It's not against my kids. Children, your parents are not your enemies. Uh, um, parents, your children are not your enemies. I know that because it says it right here. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. If I can see it, if I can, if I can observe it, then it's not my enemy. There, our enemy is invisible. And because of that, Paul says in another place in Scripture, turn to 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. Because Paul knows we don't wrestle against things we see in the world. If I can see it on the news, if I can feel it, if I can hear it, then it's not my struggle. The struggle's in my heart. And the heart of every issue is the issue of the heart. So he says this to a bunch of people in Corinth. Now, this, the Corinth church is probably the worst church, debatably, out of all the churches in the Bible. He wrote 13 epistles, and this is probably the, the lowest of the lowest here. It's, it's written in a place uh, called Corinth. It was like a mix of, like, all these metropolitan cities. So, like, it would be, like, L.A. versus plus Vegas, plus San Francisco, plus San Diego, all in this one place. And it was on this little strip of land where there was boats that would go through this way. And then there was land, there was trading going through this way. So it was just like this melting pot. It, it had so much culture in this little, little strip of land called Corinth. And uh, it's bad. It's bad there. I mean, people would say, you're starting a church where? Starting a church, that's, that place will never have a thriving church. But he treats them as believers and he says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments against every, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Wouldn't it be awesome if we can really fight the enemy with, with bullets? Like if you could see a, a, a thought of bitterness and just shoot that bitterness out of the sky or, or shoot an ideology, but you can't. The heart of every issue is the issue of the heart. So when we fight spiritual warfare, we're not, we're not doing it with physical means. Prayer, scripture, worship together. I mean, the songs today were awesome. The songs today, were, I, didn't, I didn't know what songs were playing today, but they, they, that was all rooted in, in spiritual warfare and in, in speaking blessings. Okay, so with that, our first break. I want you to turn with your families and discuss uh, who is the enemy. In Scripture, Scripture lists our enemies. So just for a couple minutes here, discuss who is the enemy. And then I'll, I'll, I'll break us after a minute.
Okay, I think that's about enough time here. Uh, what are some answers? In the scriptures, who, who are our enemies? Anybody? You can just shout them out. Satan, yes. Was that Jackson? Thank you, Jackson. Satan is definitely, definitely the enemy. Anybody else? The devil, yes. The devil. Absolutely our enemy. What else? Pride? Absolutely. Pride is definitely the enemy. What else? Okay, what? Fear? Yes. Fear is definitely the enemy. Okay, so here, here we have a passage in Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verses 1 through 3. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, and among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body. So at least in this passage, the enemy is the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's just three of many. The world, the flesh, and the devil. The world will be like some sort of view that just came from not from God. That's the world. The flesh is actually your body is geared towards sin. And there's several songs that write about if it makes you happy, then just, just do it. But that's listening to the flesh. The flesh is the enemy. And the devil. And then there's the demons. And then the last sin to be defeated is death. But there's all kinds of enemy. But those three right there are going to be the primary attack on your soul the world the flesh and the devil now let me just give you an illustration really quick um i I love military history so let's pretend in our minds right now that it's 1944 what was going on in 1944 who were our enemies in 1944 yes the nazi germany's uh uh, imperial japan who else and italy fascist italy Okay, so I'm going to pick on those three right there. And you are in the military. So everybody's in the military right now. And your job is a radio operator. And you've been given one task by your commanding officer. He says, I want you to sit right here and just listen. And if if you hear a language that's other than English, then just call it in. Don't worry about fighting that enemy. Don't worry about doing anything else. All you have to do is listen. And if it's not English, you call it in. Because the moment you call it in, then intelligence is going to break it down, see where they're at, and then the Navy's going to send their, their planes, and then the Army's going to send the cavalry, and then the Marine Corps is going to march in and, and kill the enemy. You don't have to worry about anything else. So you're sitting there, and you hear, you hear something on the radio. You're like, I, I just heard something. It sounded like Japanese. You call it in, and they say, oh, good job. This kamikaze saying, let's pray and destroy uh, the enemy, which is the, which should be the U.S. Awesome. Good job. You're waiting a little bit longer, and then you hear something on the radio. Oh, that's, that's Typhoon. You're like, Typhoon. That, that, that doesn't sound like, that's that definitely not English. You call it in. They said, Typhoon. That means devil dog. They have contact with some Marines. They're planning to kill some Marines. So you call in what you heard. It's not English. And then the intel handles it. And the enemy is handled. And then you're waiting a little bit longer, and then you hear something. But gosh, I don't know if it's Italian. I don't know if it's Japanese. I don't know if it's German. But I know for sure it's not English. Kids, what are you supposed to do? You just call it in. And it doesn't matter. You just call it in. That's your one job. here's, Here's the point of that illustration. I don't care whether it's the world, the flesh, or the devil. If the voice you're hearing in your mind is not from God, you have to call it in. 
you have to call it in. Now, I also imagine in my mind, if something sounds funny coming out of Jesus' mouth, then it should sound funny coming out of my mouth. Like if Jesus wouldn't say it, then I probably shouldn't say it. And when, in times when I'm not sure, I just bring it to the Lord. And I go, Lord, I had this thought in my mind to make fun of this person over here. Um, is that from you? And God goes, thanks for telling me. That is not from me. And he handles it. So uh, in this next part, I'm going to ask the kids to, to, to come up here really quick. Because I, I have a toy. And I know kids love toys. And if you're an adult and you like toys, you can come up here too. Look at, see? If you like castles, I got something for you. Okay. It's shady right here. Yeah, you could. Okay, so. You can sit down right here. Because I'm going to have some toys up here. Okay. And then uh, shift over here, Ryder. And then Ryder and Owen will be my, my helpers. You can hand me those things one by one. But later, later on. Okay. So here, you have, pretend this castle is your soul, okay? This is, the, this is your castle, like all your, your, this is your heart, okay? And nice, we have other kids who love. Now, I have here the enemy. Now, the enemy puts thoughts in your mind that, that's not good. It's the opposite of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So what are some thoughts that can run through your mind? that are not from God? Yes, Jackson. Yeah, you like, oh, like you want to fight somebody. That is definitely from the enemy. Would we agree, parents? Like wanting to fight someone, like that's not from God. So, so this one, he got into your mind right here. Yes, Genevieve, yes. You, you have one? Something mean. She said, something that's not from God is something mean. Any parents ever said anything mean? See, look at them. They're all saying yes. You ever said anything mean to your kids? Yes. Yes, we have. I'm laughing with you, not at you. Okay, so saying something mean is definitely, definitely not from God. But this person got over here. He's in. What else? What are some other enemies? Yes. Maybe, like, I'm not good enough or something like that. That's exactly did you hear what he said? He goes, the thought that I'm not good enough, that is definitely from the enemy. Okay, I meant to be given how fist bumps here. You're green, so I could fist bump you. Yes. Okay. The thought, I'm not good enough, that is from the enemy. I don't care which one. I just know it's from the enemy. So I'm not good enough. I'm no good. Look at this one. This one's like an alien bugger one. Like, oh. Bad thoughts. Bad thoughts. What else? What are some other thoughts? To lie to your parents. That is definitely from the enemy. Anybody ever lied to their parents? Just, just between you and me. You have, yes. Thank you, buddy. Me too. Me too. Okay, so now there's all these enemies, right? Anybody ever gossip about somebody? Yes. Like, like look at I can't believe it. People are, if you, sometimes, sometimes I watch the news. Sometimes it's just, it's too much for me. But I see people on the news like, hating each other. I see people on the news like, like instead of praying for our president, they're, they're talking bad about them. That's, that's from the enemy. Here, there is uh, people stealing. Oh, look at this guy. He's going to hack somebody's head off right there. That's a bad enemy right there. So, so this, this, this heart now is full of enemies. But you know what? Does, it doesn't matter for me that these enemies are here. 
I want to know how they got there. So, Nolan, can you have me? I, I think there are seven ways that the enemy comes in. Give me that first one right there, buddy. Okay, can you guys back up for a second here? Let's just a little bit. Okay, look at this. I don't care. The enemy was going to try to fill your mind all the time. But it's not really how, it's not really that they're there that's most concerning to me. It's most concerning how they got there. Now, you know how they got there? Through a bridge. And the first bridge here is the bridge of deception. What's, that's a big word. What does anybody, what's deception mean? Yes, so. It means to lie. Or it means that someone lied to you. Now, who's lied to you more than anybody else? Yes. Okay, you don't think you lied to your mom and dad? Okay, okay. That's awesome. That's a great place to be. Yes. The devil. The devil, yes. The devil lies to you all the time. But every lie that you believe, actually, you told yourself that lie. So we lie to ourselves more than anybody else. So sometimes we have to be, this is what family's for, and this is what your friends who believe in Jesus are for, because they can say, I think you're believing a lie. That's what I have. I go surfing with Pastor Jared, and we, we try to catch each other's lies all the time. So that's the first bridge here, the, the, the bridge of deception. Now, now, there's other lies, like this guy. Remember, he's saying, you're not good enough, or, or you're ugly, or all these things that, that are not from God. And this enemy's yelling it from all the way over here. You're not good enough. You're a loser. You're, you can't do anything right. And I can't even hear him yet until until I build a bridge for that enemy. And then he just walks, he walks on in. So the only way the enemy is here is because I am building bridges for the enemy to get onto my castle. Second, second bridge here. Thank you, Noah. Second bridge would be rebellion. Yes. What, what is rebellion? Someone who hasn't talked yet. What's rebellion? My sister. Your sister? <laughs> got great answers yes yes yeah, well so rebellion is when you go when your parents say hey get ready for bed and then five minutes later you're still playing on your game or something like that that's rebellion and that's not from god god wants us to be obedient and guess what all your parents we're all children too because god never calls us adults in scripture we're all children of god and sometimes we're disobedient to our father so that's called rebellion if you have a rebellious heart it's inside of you telling you not to obey the rules. And that's how people get hurt. That's how people die. Not following the rules that God placed. Because God tells us the only rules that exist, the only authorities that exist, because he put them there. So there is this. So if we're rebellious in our heart, then the enemy has an end road right here, right to the top. Okay, next, next one here. I think it's going to be control. Oh, no power. Okay guessing power so this and there's scripture for i'm getting all of this out of the out of the bible here power is someone like the if they if they worship power then they always want to be right or they always have to get the last word in or they're trying to like they want to like be the class president so everybody just loves them and and this this power when they worship being powerful then it just creates a bridge to their heart okay next another one in there this is is this one going to be about money let me see oh, okay approval 
So if I worship approval, that means that I'm doing something to be cool at school. Or I want these guys to like me or I want these girls to like me. So I'm going to do something I would never do. And then, yeah, like a ship. Yeah. Yes, a shape. This is a shape. So in, in adults, your parents, we, we go through this all the time. I want someone to really like me. I, so, we, so we do things. You like me? Oh, thank you. Thanks, buddy. But guess what? I don't need anybody's approval. I only need one person's approval. Who's that? Jesus. Yes. So if I live, if I live for Jesus' approval, then I'm not motivated by what I'm not going to do, peer, give in to peer pressure. And as you grow up, there's a lot of peer pressure in school. And you'll find out when you become an adult, too, there's still peer pressure. Yes, Jesus says the Bible is awesome. Okay, next. Okay, so this is another. So, so approval, power, and, and comfort, these are all idols. If you look in the scriptures, idol, it's an idol. It's an idol. Yes. Well, so what's an idol? What does it mean to be? A crystal. A, a, a crystal can be an idol. But what is idolatry? Yes. You, yes, yes. Thank you. So, she said it, it's when you worship something that's not God. That's an amazing, amazing answer. I mean, that's fist bump right there. Boom. When you worship something that's not God, that thing becomes the idol. That thing becomes your God. And so if, if comfort becomes your God, so this is a God, approval is a God, power is a God. But if comfort is your God, then you don't do anything that's uncomfortable like confess sin. You don't do anything uncomfortable like say you're sorry. I mean, parents need to say I'm sorry and, and kids need to say I'm sorry. I did this wrong, but that's uncomfortable. But the enemy is going to tell you, don't do that. That's uncomfortable. The enemy is going to tell you, no, don't worry about what other people think about you when you're worshiping me. And God's saying, just, just my approval is all you need. Okay. All right. So comfort. All right, next, give me another, give me another uh, a bridge there. Okay, here's another one. So many bridges, right? Control. Now, the Bible tells us that who's in control. I mean, this is very clear. Who else, who else is in control? You, do ha- you can have self-control. Your sister is in control. Yes. Okay, who's in control? Yes, everybody got it. He's in control. Does it, does it matter what's going on in the world? Does Jesus still have control? Yes. He's the only one in control. That's actually how I start my day every day. I have it on my little coffee mug. It says, who's in control? And two, to whom shall I listen to today? I got that from C.S. Lewis. He's the guy that wrote What Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. That's how he starts every day. Who's in control? Yes. And who will I listen to today? God. So... If I believe I, I'm in control, then I'm really just building a bridge for the enemy to get in my life. That means I'm not listening to God. I'm, that means I'm not trusting God. So you have control. You have approval. You have the worship of power. You have all these things that are letting the enemy get into your mind. Yes. Okay, so one more, one more bridge here. This one's the love of money. Okay, 1 Timothy 6.10. What's that? 
says. It's the heart because if you love this more than God, it's the root of all evil. Did you ever read that passage? The love of money is the root of all evils. So some, some Bible translations say is, it's not, it's not uh, exclusive. Like it says, is the root of all kinds of evil. But I looked at the original text. It says that the love of money is the root of all evil. How is that possible? Because in Romans 1, the Bible tells us if we worship the created things rather than the creator, that's a bad thing. So anytime my eyes get off of God and onto something that I think, I think Here's, here's the thing. The word need sometimes tells us where all of our idols are. Parents, what do you need? Now, if a, if a parent says, I need you to eat your vegetables. I love... Now, you can eat your vegetables? Dude, you're on fire. That's awesome. Okay, yeah, you don't want to be on fire. Yes, that's right. That's right. You do not want to be on fire. If you say, I need this thing, it has now become your God. Parents, we don't actually need anything from our kids. No, we don't. Yeah, we don't. In the book of Philippians, God tells us that he supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory. He supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So if God supplies all my needs, then what do I need from other people? You know, you know what makes a person free? What makes a person free is when they don't need anything from anybody anymore. Like I have this thing where, and I wish I did it this morning, but I say I make coffee for God. Okay, this is what I, I missed this morning. But if I make coffee for God, if I make coffee for God, then when my wife drinks it and she doesn't say thank you or this is the best thing ever or, you know, then I'm not, yeah, coffee's yucky. Then I'm not upset because I didn't make the coffee for my wife's approval. You see what I'm saying? I may, if I made it for God and I don't have that idol of approval, then I don't need anything from my wife. If, if I said, um, I'm, I'm going to meet with, with, with uh, Mr. Rick over there at 12 o'clock and he doesn't show up till 1230, am I upset? Am I mad? Am I mad at him? No, because I didn't, meet with him just so he can pat me on the back. I meet with him because God told me to meet with him. And so if someone's late to a meeting, then I'm not upset anymore because I only did it for God. And if I had this idol of approval, then I want him to pat me on the back and I'm mad that he didn't show up. Okay, so watch this. There's a lot of bridges here, right? There's so many bridges. How do we get rid of these bridges? Yes. God, that is right. That is right. So watch this. I'm going to turn to another passage, 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1.9 says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if I confess something, then the bridge is going to get blown up. There's another passage in, in, in James 5.16. says, therefore, this one's a little bit harder than the first one. It says, confess your sins one to another. It means to each other now. This is really hard because it's, it's uncomfortable. And pray for one another that you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. So if, if I am trying to control 
my kids, or I'm trying to control all these situations that I can't control, how can I get rid of this bridge? Yes, I can say this. I can say, Lord, I'm trying to control things again, and I'm not in control, and you're in control. This bridge is gone. If I'm, if I'm doing things to win other people's approval, like trying to be cool at school, and kids say, hey, why don't you look at, look at my phone? You can be cool. And No, I'm not going to do that. Lord, I confess that I was trying to gain these guys' approval. Boom, that bridge is gone. If you're trying to be right all the time and say, like, I, I got to get the last word in, you confess it, and then it's gone. If you're a rebel, if you're disobeying your parents, you go, Lord, I confess, I'm being rebellious. Thank you for your forgiveness. And that thing's gone. Lord, I care more about stuff than you. And I confess, thank you for your forgiveness. All these things. And then your mind can be totally free from all these things. Lord, I'm believing a lie. And the thing is, we're not supposed to do war alone. So all these enemies are gone now. And this person's heart and mind is totally clear. Totally clear. But tomorrow, when this thing starts to be built again, I can see, I don't want that. I know where that goes. Yeah, I'll smash all the enemies. Boom, boom. Put them in jail. Yes, they're, they're gone. So you're, you're, our whole life, our parents' life and our life is going to look like this. I confess sin. I thank God for his forgiveness. And I do this in the midst of the body. We're, we're never meant to do this alone. We're supposed to do this together. This is the beauty of community groups. This is the beauty of gathering. You can't stop this. They can tell us to be socially distant, but you can't stop the connections that we have. So I have no secrets. My closest friends know everything about me, and Miss Jeanette knows everything about me. Because the moment I have a secret, I build a bridge. So I don't want any secrets at all. I can't afford any secrets. So my friends, when they pray for me, they go, hey, what's going on? I tell them exactly what I've done. I tell them exactly what I've thought. Even if I haven't done it already, I tell them what I'm thinking because I don't want this bridge to be built. So uh, where, where you're at, I'm going to close this in prayer. Maybe you're a parent, and this, this might be your prayer. Lord, I confess that I have built the bridge in my life of, you fill in the blank. And apply First John 1 and go right into forgiveness. Thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. I now repent of building this bridge of control or power or something in my life. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit to enable me in this area. If you're, if you're a little one here, if you're a kid, you can say the same thing. Lord, I confess that I'm trying to control my brother or sister or that I'm being rebellious against my mom or dad. Thank you for your forgiveness. I pray that you keep me strong in this area so I can have no bridges in my life and my mind can be clear and at peace. Thank you in Jesus' name. Well, thank you, kids, for your, for your time and your attention. Peter thank you, Ryan. Hey, give it up for Mr. Ryan. Didn't he do a good job? We are going to offer uh, some ministry. If you guys want prayer, kids.